0: Hello and welcome to Short Talks from the Hill, a science and research podcast from the University of Arkansas. I'm Bob Whitby, a science writer at the University of Arkansas, and today we're speaking with Selena Suarez, Associate Professor of Genosciences, regarding her work with a group of scientists who recently published a study concluding that tyrannosaurs were, in fact, social hunters more akin to wolves than the fearsome solitary predators of popular imagination interesting findings. Welcome, Selena.
1: Thanks, Bob. Great to be here. Just give
0: us a really quick background on what you do.
1: Um, So here at the university, I mostly focus on teaching geochemistry and teaching about Earth history and Earth system history, how the Earth acts as a system over time. Um, And so with that, I've kind of amassed a number of different Skills everything from paleontology and sedimentology, which is like looking at the rocks, to geochemistry and understanding the chemistry of ox- rocks and fossils, and how that can kind of tell us a little bit about the past not only the environment, but also the biology of organisms from the past.
0: This particular finding had its basis in a quarry in Utah with the great name of Rainbows and Unicorns, <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, I'd, I'd like to ask you how that got named. But first, let's talk about the actual discovery. What did they find when they when they discovered this site?
1: Yeah, when they were first out there. So so all of this uh, material comes from the Grand Staircase-Escalante National Monument, uh, which is uh, a monument uh, basically on the Kaparowitz Plateau in south-central Utah. And um, it has wonderful paleontological resources, as well as archaeological resources, actually, as well. So... Um, paleontologists have been working with the Bureau of Land Management for the last almost 20 years, trying to get a assessment of the paleontological resources out there. And one of the, they usually have season field seasons out there every summer in collaboration with the university of Utah and the Denver museum of natural science. And um, you know, they were out prospecting, looking for fossil sites. And one of who is now the lead, A preparator at the University of Utah um, stumbled upon some toe bones that were fairly large theropod toe bones. And most of the large theropod toe bones out in this formation, the Kaparowicz formation, um, are tyrannosaur-type dinosaurs. Um, In particular, this tyrannosaur is called Teratophonius. Um, So they found that site first, um, excavated around, of course, they they found it near the end of the field season, as always happens, and returned the following season and found just more and more of these um, teratophonious organisms. And one of the other really interesting things is they started to find a large variety in sizes, um, everything from like a little bitty baby hatchling, well, not hatchling, but baby probably that was around four years old, to uh, full-size adults. Um, which definitely got the imagination going. So um, that's kind of how the site got found. And it was such a spectacular site. When they first found it, um, one of the workers, uh, so uh, the paleontologist Alan Titus, who's actually an Arkansas alum, you know, was super excited about it, and one of his workers was like, "Oh yeah, Alan, with you, everything's everything is rainbows and unicorns." And uh, the name kind of stick stuck because it just continued to be a really productive quarry site. So they just started calling it the Rainbows and Unicorns site. It's
0: <laughs> a great name, very memorable. Uh, so one of the things that really struck me about the finding was that you all, these bones were jumbled. They were they were not. I guess, laid out as you would expect them to be laid out if the dinosaurs had all died in a group. And your work helped recreate a very specific narrative of how they got to where they where they are. And that led you to the conclusion that they had all died at the same time. So it, a bit of a detective story, it sounds like.
1: The paleontologists had suspected this for a while, that they were probably all buried at the same time. Um, But Alan kind of came to me. I'd been working with Alan and my former PhD student, Daigo Yamamura. We'd been working with Alan on various projects within the Kaparowitz formation uh, the last, I don't know, about five years. And Um, he came to me asking, well, is there anything that we can do to, to tell that these all were fossilized at the same time? And he gave me his rundown of of what he thought happened. And initially he started focusing on isotope work. So stable isotopes, um, which are just atoms of the same type of, uh, element, but different amounts of neutrons within the nucleus. So it gives them different masses, um, and I said, sure, we could take a look at the isotope work and take a look at, say, some of the soil nodules that were found within the site, as well as embedded within like the cavities of the bones to see if they have very similar isotopic composition, which they did. Um, and so I was like, well, that's, you know, that it's probably a clue that they probably were um, buried within a similar soil. That soil was probably reworked and redeposited in this channel sandstone there wasn't a dead ringer yet. So I was like, you know, the other thing we can look at is trace element geochemistry, which is work that I did early on in my career as like a, geez, a, a master's student and PhD student. And those elements are um, what are known as the lanthanides. So those are the elements. If you look at, think about the periodic table of elements and everybody focuses on the main part. And then at the bottom, there's those two rows that most people are like, Oh, don't worry about those. They're just weird. Um, but it includes things like uranium and thorium and things like that that. So the lanthanides are that top row um, that includes the elements lanthanum through uh, lutetium. Um, they're, they're, heavy elements. And but the, one of the interesting things about them is they really love appetite and bone is all of our bones are made up of appetite, which is a particular type of mineral. Um, and so they usually suck up trace elements really quickly when bone that used to be part of an organism is buried and comes into contact with like soil fluids and um you can look at the patterns of them to tell kind of the environment that they were fossilized in as well as if they were coming from a number of different places so if a bone is fossilized in a lake somewhere far away and another bone is fossilized in a soil far away and then a stream reworks them into a channel they should have different trace element concentrations so uh we did um uh i got it processed and um Eric Pollack at the Stable Isotope Lab um, got it running on the ICPMS that we have. And um, yeah, they came back all pretty much the same trace element pattern, relative proportion of the different elements. Um, Everything from the turtles, the fish, the different types of tyrannosaur bones that we analyzed. And so that basically tells us they were all buried and fossilized in the same environment. And since we have different ages of the same type of animal, most likely they were all living together. Whether or not they were hunting down a hadrosaur together, hard to say, but they certainly were all living together.
0: And it's even more specific than that. You you thought that perhaps they had died in a flooding event. Is there evidence of that? Or is that just kind of a way to explain why they're all in the same place at the same time?
1: Yeah. So the reason why we think they probably died in some sort of flooding event and were deposited across the landscape initially in within a soil is because we see uh, little bits of soil carbonates. So especially like if you live in Texas, if you go out and you dig down to the dirt, you'll find little white blobs. Those are soil carbonates and they typically form where you have kind of uh, seasonal seasonal environments. Um, So we know they were they probably all died at one point. Somewhere, whether or not that was in a flood or not, it's hard to say, but they certainly were reworked back into a channel setting um, where we have like a, a channel sandstone that you would typically see like a, a little, a small river or um, something like that um, preserved. And, and we also, um, also look at the other associated animals that have been found with them. So there are several turtles that were found with them as well as um, gars, like large fish those typically are found in water environments. So we know that there was a water environment nearby. They have very similar trace element patterns as well. So they were probably swept into this uh, body of water, small body of water um, during a flooding event and were all fossilized about the same time.
0: Are you able to say kind of what this means for, uh, what are the implications of this finding in terms of, uh, I guess, in terms of further research and, or what we know about tyrannosaurs?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it certainly um, gets the mind going as far as social behavior, like social structure. So we know they were probably living together and they probably all died together and were buried and fossilized together because they have the similar trace element um, concentration. Whether or not they were behaving as like a, a what you would imagine as a pack, like a, like a wolf pack, for example, is hard to say. It's really hard to um, definitively prove behavior in the fossil record. But one way we might do that is looking at stable isotopes. And that's something that Alan and I are hoping to do in the near future. And um, you are what you eat. And so one of the elements that we can use is carbon. Carbon isotopes are a particular uh, isotope you can use to look at dietary affinity. And so we can try to look at carbon isotopes within the different um, ages of the tyrannosaurus to see if they are all very similar or if they're all very different. If they're very similar, then most likely um, they're all eating the same thing. So say a large tyrannosaur brings down a hadrosaur, eats it, and all of the babies and younger organisms come and eat the same thing.
0: So we can't rule out the idea that they may have just been hanging out together and then got... And then got fucked really up. Yeah, caught... Further, further work remains on
1: that. Yes, further work remains.
0: Okay, well, thanks again for joining us. Great to talk to you again.
1: Yep, thanks, Bob. Good to be here.
0: Music for Short Talks from the Hill was written and performed by local musician Ben Harris. For more information and additional podcasts, visit Arkansas Research. That's ArkansasResearch.uark.edu the home of science and research news at the University of Arkansas.